Welcome to the podcast that is guaranteed to improve not only your photography, but your mind, body, and spirit as well. Full of interviews with the top image makers in the industry, where we talk photography, drink whiskey, and fill up the bathtub with high life and PBR. So grab a juice box and a handful of unsalted almonds and get ready for the show. Oh, we've got one hell of a special episode today. We are joined with commercial photographer Jeff Carpenter and also longtime pro EDU instructor Seth McCullough as kind of a co-host with David Parrish, who is the official co-host of season nine. Guys, thanks for joining me, all three of you. You beautiful bastards. Oh, man. I don't know who's, who's more beautiful. I just feel so welcome when I hear that. Right? The beautiful bastards. Jeff, thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah, thank me, you for having us. Thank you for yeah. having me on your show. <laughs> I am at the head of the table, so <laughs> I gotta say I love that intro. Me too. Right? So a long like this this is from several several years ago. I got a, a voice impersonator that does a lot of different stuff. Uh-huh. And I just sent him Wait, a so script of just lines. That wasn't Christopher Walken? No, that was him. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's the guy. You, you Christopher hired, yeah. Walken was doing me. <laughs> and I just sent him a bunch of lines and I read this like I would. And then he, oh, Christopher Walken reads it, and then I just—I've been cutting them together. Yeah, got hours of this stuff. It's amazing. I, I want to imagine that his name, like the actual voiceover actor, is like Christopher Dawkins, or like, <laughs> like, like, really like that's how he does the. I'm the almost there, but not quite. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> He's Jeff, still home let's, alone. Let's, let's let's get to Jeff. Yeah, we're on a right? tight Where, time, this is, this time is, constraint here. Yeah, man, do, so. do you got to get out of here by a certain no. time? No, you're good. No, I'm good. Right. All right. I got two fingers of whiskey. We're good. All right. Yeah. Can we get him a third finger of whiskey somewhere? <laughs> okay, Jeff, let's, let's get into you. This, is, let's this, do it. this episode's about you. Let's start from Baby Jeff. Baby Jeff. How, how did right. you get into photography? Oh, I thought Baby Jeff. Well, I thought we were going like straight Baby Jeff. I was born in Connecticut on a submarine base. Were you? I was, yeah. Well, I like the pause, there. though, because. <laughs> That's very important. Because right. no one's going to believe that. <laughs> I was born on a aircraft carrier. Right. Base. Which, <laughs> I think he was just respecting the Christopher Walken way of talking. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. No, uh, so I, photography-wise, I got into photography uh, 10 years ago, about. Um, I actually, jokingly, I was like, oh, I used to, I formally am educated in audio production. I am, but I don't know anything about it, really, so... I'm about to try and get my loans back Me through the neither. Art Institute. <laughs> anyway, so I, I literally took a photography class as my, like, I have to take a photography class or a culinary class to graduate. And just so happened to, like, the people that I knew were taking the photography class. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll do that. And then I really liked it, but I was trying not to because I just spent an arm and a leg on, you know, education. So I was like, well, like, audio stuff. And it, but obviously that was kind of half-hearted. So I started shooting events, as I think a lot of people do, because it's a really easy way to start making money immediately, and you don't have to be good. <laughs> so no, no offense to any event people, because there are some amazing event photographers, but I wasn't. Uh, and I did, like, photo booths. It was kind of a weird, like, let's just take, like, the simplest thing possible, and just somebody will pay me eventually. But I did use that as a way to network and meet people, and 
somebody's like, oh, do you shoot, you know, headshots? Do you shoot family stuff? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, figure it out and kind of the whole never say no and fake it till you make it thing. And uh, that's kind of where it started. And then I, after doing a bunch of different stuff, I kind of realized like, oh, I like working with people. I like, you know, I, I like the headshot portrait side of things. There's a way to be creative while also, you know, and that's where I kind of ended up in the commercial and corporate world <laughs> is, uh, is the money is good. And that frees up a lot of time to then be creative kind of on my own time. So that's the very abridged version. But if you want more, I can. What's the most interesting form of payment that hasn't been dollars that you've gotten in exchange for your services? <laughs> uh, I don't. Is there, I don't know that or after marriage. <laughs> Are you asking uh, that as a leading question because you know something? No, I was just curious. Genuinely, no, well, I, awesome. I, I was just curious. Let's come back to that because I'm like now I'm like thinking about it. I'm okay. sure there's yeah, well, it hasn't been any like super weird. Stuff, well, that was my but, only question for this podcast. All right, cool. So well, I'm, I'm, that's I'm a wrap. <laughs> Bottoms up, and <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go back to what does your average week look like? Who are your clients? What sort of stuff are you doing now? I've got a lot of uh, so I I split a lot between education and like my so I've got two kind of brands. I've got Ready Light Media, which is my you know kind of corporate brand, which does basically anything visual we can do. So we I have freelance out graphic designers. I freelance out you know uh, event people. I freelance out uh, videographers and stuff like that. So. Um, that, like, I don't do a lot of that. I kind of focus mainly on just the headshots and portraits in that realm. But, uh, I would say a daily, you know, weekly thing is I've got a few clients that are kind of on retainer where anytime a new hire comes in, they just like send them to my studio and I just simple, you know, high key headshot, you know, get them out in and out the door in 10 minutes kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, that's a lot. And then I, I focus, I'm by kind of stepping away but still taking on a lot of the other stuff it frees up time for me personally to do you know kind of educational stuff and and tutorials and whatever people want to listen to me say so (laughs) like this podcast what what are the things that people want to listen to you Uh, so i focus mainly on lighting i do a lot of stuff with you know color uh, it's way all over the place, honestly. Like I've had a hard time like defining a style because it's just like I'm kind of ADD when it comes to like creativity, which I think is cool. But it, it's at the same time, it's like okay, it's kind of hard to narrow that into one thing. But I think over time it has, and I don't know that like I've defined it. But other people are like, oh, like I definitely know it's your image when I see it, which is cool. I'm like, cool. Tell me what that means so I can like then market that. <laughs> totally. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's it's a tough question because I like I don't really have a solid answer for it, but it's kind of a whatever pops into my head, and I just kind of decide to go with it. But it is a lot with, you know. I would say like in the last two years, I've focused a lot on like studio photography and like kind of maximizing basically, I think it's cool. Like studio stuff is really cool because you're creating something out of nothing. You you take basically like a white room and then you can make whatever you want out of it, which I think is super cool. Um, And it kind of sets yourself apart from, I have a lot of the stuff where I'm, I'm just like shooting for fun and that turns into someone seeing that and then they pay me to do it just like as 
like on a commercial level, which is fun and cool. And it's, I didn't really expect that to happen, but it, I'm not going to say no. And honestly, that's kind of, I think the end goal as creatives is getting paid to create rather than getting paid to, you know, produce. So, so. the interesting thing too, is the journey from, uh, just the never say no to actually being creative in photography and then getting paid for that. So I can imagine the retainer clients that you have, that's the bread and butter, right? Mm -hmm. That's what keeps the lights on. Pays the bills. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm imagining there's not a whole lot of creative, you know, uh, space or bandwidth within those. They need to be a certain way. Is that, is that true? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, here's the formula, produce it, you know, uh, but I'm not, again, it's, it's so easy. It's, it's so hard to even say no to those clients because it is just like complete brainless. I mean, like that sounds like such a dick thing to say, (laughs) but it is like, it's, I've done it so long to where it's like, there's not a lot of creativity in terms of the final product with like a headshot on white. Right. The interaction with the person's awesome to bring that out of them. That's what a great headshot definitely does. But that final product as an artist isn't going to be different from the product before. The expression and the character right. will be. Well, and that's half of or 90% of headshot photography is, right. is eliciting emotion rather than, or, you know, then a, here's, I can light this technically. I'm doing air quotes right now. Technically correct. <laughs> right. He was pointing to his crotch just then. <laughs> it's weird. It was weird. <laughs> David's just David's quotes. You've been quiet. I've never over, seen David's been quotes. very quiet over there. <laughs> He's on his iPad doing something. I don't know. But I think I'm that's really to your website. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm critiquing. I think that's it's cool. I think it's just cool how how those transitions happen from because you know first of all you should be able to find some kind of creativity in the stuff that is technical, is very commercial, needs to you know fill a purpose right. And then from there, giving yourself the space to make some more creative work. So what's important there, because I'm thinking about all the people who are asking, well, how do I move into this? What's the process? And that's it. That's part of it right there. Is you're making stuff, you're testing, and you're finding ways to get it in front of people who are potential clients. Do you think they would hire you to do that creative work if they hadn't seen it from you first? I mean, the, the, I was going to touch on this, but you beat me to it. And that's absolutely right. It's like you, people aren't going to trust you to do something if, you, if they don't think you can do it. Got it. So, and this kind of goes into a, like, like the collaboration, right? Like I think people tend to shy away from it because it's like, oh, it's working for free or it's whatever. But it's like there's ways that you can use collaboration to your advantage. And, uh, as long as it's mutually collaborative with everyone involved, um, you right. know, I shoot with the same models a lot just cause like we Got work well them. together and they can, you know, we, she, they might have an idea. I have an idea. We're cool with kind of bouncing off like ideas off of each other and all that. And that does a few things. It, it, it builds portfolio work. It, it gets you content to then post out to then where people can be like, Oh, I saw that image. It's awesome. Can you recreate that for me? Like I did one where it was like strictly like, I was like, no one would ever hire me to shoot something like this. It was like a spray bottle behind with gels and you know, just like super like intergalactic something. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, and then I had a fitness instructor was like, I love that. Can you like recreate that with me with like a fitness vibe? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, so it's, Sometimes right. collaborations turn into, I mean, sometimes it's literally just 
recreate that exact same thing. That's all I did. I like, you know, pick it up and move it over here and with different outfit (laughs) and it's completely different. Uh, but also it, 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 you know, kind of allows you to hone in on your skills a little bit too, right? Or try something different where I'm not going to try this new lighting technique with a paying client necessarily because I don't want to like completely fuck it up. (laughs) But, but the reality is, is it allows you to, you know, Sorry, mom. Uh, she'll probably listen to that and then yell at me later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope not. Don't worry. Gary's going to edit this afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He, it's nothing but editing, right? <laughs> I would say, uh, well, so that's that's really interesting, too. And be, so because they are seeing those creations that you're making that are more creative and could also be used in those commercial environments, they're hiring you. So one of the things I hear from a lot of people is that testing is really difficult to do because unless you have a client pushing you, giving you art direction, um, it's tough to come up with those ideas and also the motivation to finish, finish the testing. So first of all, how do you generate the ideas to make your test work? And what would you say to somebody who goes, I don't, just don't really have any creative ideas, but I know I want to do creative work. Well, I think creative ideas come with like a lot of times people will come to me and like, I have this idea. Can you shoot it for me? And a lot, I take that as a challenge sometimes too. Like I might not have the creative ideas 100% of the time ahead of time. I'm a very fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. And I don't necessarily, I do, I'm trying to more now, but I, before it was very much like, let's just like get in a room throw some lights up and just see where it goes, especially with kind of like collaborations or tests. Got it. Yeah. Um, and s- inevitably, maybe I'm just lucky. Like we always get something super awesome out of it, but I think partially it's, it's the, there's a bit of creative energy. I think that you, you, you have with people and, it, and I've definitely noticed kind of a lack of that when I shoot with people that I've never met before. I think there's a, I think that's good to do that because a lot, most of the time when you're shooting a commercial client, you've never met them before and, and you have to be able to, you know, get a response out of them and get something that's, that's right. a, that they want that, that doesn't look awkward. And, but I think by doing just like part of it is knowing your technical craft mm-hmm. and, and knowing that like back of your hand so you don't have to think about it because you can't be creative when you're thinking technical, you're using two sides of your brain there. So I think like by knowing that, and uh, and <laughs> I totally agree. No, yeah, that's, that's yeah. well, that that's the the role of like a digital tech or a good PA or a good first assistant, whatever you want to call them. Your whole team. The, the, yeah, really. I mean, depends if they're monitoring the camera, are they monitoring the computer, are they monitoring the lights. It sucks to do all that when right. you have a big shoot and you're like, oh fuck, I gotta go move that light, or I gotta go, you know, manage the camera, or gotta be focused on hair and makeup. Where are these files going? And, are they backed yeah. up? Have I updated my AOL account? And but a lot of people, you know, like I gotta keep my AOL account current. What I don't is know this? what that means. What is this? AOL. Just, just L- like is that AOL. an acronym? Keeping up with the chat rooms, okay. man. Yeah, you know, like there's gotta be in those forums shit, and stuff. Right, the forums. But a lot of people gotta start like that, right? Do you know there's still fucking people that pay for AOL? <laughs> Random tangent. Yeah. They, get the, they get the now CD every. <laughs> <laughs> Now you embarrassed me. <laughs> if you guys have any questions, <laughs> you can email Seth at SethMcCullough at AOL.com. Yeah. This other one. No, it's fun. Hotmail.com. <laughs> it's fundad75. <on> the- <laughs> right. 
<laughs> on Dad seventy five. Um, <laughs> uh, that no, that's so. So it sounds like what you would say to someone who doesn't have those creative ideas just popping out of their head that they're going to set up by themselves in a studio and create mm-hmm. is that interfacing with people. Maybe you know the collaboration sounds like where you can. Uh, pull inspiration just from having somebody else with you and trying to figure it out. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, utilize... I think social media gets a bad rap a lot, but, I mean, you can utilize it to your advantage and by by seeing... I mean, you have literally, like, so many amazing artists creating everything at your fingertips that you can... I mean, I'm not saying copy them, but you can right. take it and be like, oh, I love that part of this one, I love this part of that one. Like, what can I do with that? Yeah. Um, and, I'm, I mean, I think, like... There's creative inspiration everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's not like it just has to pop in your head. I mean, it, it comes from somewhere. Right. So, I mean, just kind of being aware of yeah, your yeah. surroundings and even just seeing it. I mean, you can you can see creation, like, you know, creative stuff everywhere. It's not. We definitely take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you imagine being a creative kid? Let's say you're 11 and you're, it's 1930 and you're in Austria in a small town of 85 people and you like to create stuff. Maybe you draw, but you don't see anyone else drawing. Can you imagine traveling to another town and meeting another kid and seeing what his drawings were like? That was the original fucking Instagram. That's huge, right? And you're like, holy shit! My totally, I never thought about right that, now. right? Well, for a whole a year, you only see like one other kid's drawings or anyone's drawings, right? What? Now, so, like, how many how many images do you think you see a day? Oh, c- countless. It's like I'm well, trying that's, that's not, not to a, see that's that. That's actually a wrong a day answer. or a year. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to have a number. No, for yeah, that yeah. Give me an actual number. Okay, yeah. Yesterday, a thousand. Rain Man. Fifty thousand. Yeah, like Thirty thousand. All the images, but there are a ridiculous amount of images. The reason I say countless is because there's physically no way for us to keep track of it because you're walking around being well. Low. Not with that attitude. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's kind of a cup half empty kind of, but. You're walking down the street. You can't look at every single image because you're going to get beat over the head with messaging. You know, so yeah. you pay but attention to the many, ones that stand different out. Different question. How many images do you see on a daily basis that leave an impact? That's what I'm talking about. That's why the images that have a craft that's high and a good message that makes it through all of the noise. Those are the ones that you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I see all of them. You must be like traumatized. Well, you or, see but, them all, but do you absorb them? Well, all? we're talking about two different things. All, so we have two different descriptions. We have two different words. So like looking outside right here out of this window, we see all these images. There's Lady Gaga. There's I, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. There's Bruno Mars. <laughs> I, he sees him. I actually so you see, see it, but do you reckon? I don't know if I recognize him as great. But all right, let's take uh, the phone. Scrolling through Instagram. Uh-huh. We do it a lot. I do it a lot. Yeah. How many of those images do you really like retain and recognize as great? Yeah, absolutely. What is the quality that makes them pop out? Is that know. different for everybody? So I think I have a certain aesthetic that is really deeply encoded into my brain in the wiring. Like it's developed over a long time. Those images speak to the to the little neurons that fire in my brain and I will stop on it. Now, uncovering what the heck that is, is tricky business. Are you more driven by narrative or like the the technical? I think it goes beyond that. I think 
So when I'm consuming social media, I oftentimes set an intention for what I'm doing prior to opening the app and going. So I could have the intention of like most people, this is just mindless scrolling. I'm just seeing what everybody's up to. That's my intention really to do nothing, to yeah. burn a little bit of time. I keep that really down to a minimum right. personally. I, I, me too, because I would I be overwhelmed. I try to. It's hard though. Yeah. I sometimes but open Instagram with the intention of like literally physically ahead of time. I'm, I'm looking for this specific thing. Uh, sometimes that might be looking for the next pro edu instructor. Mm-hmm. That might be. So I'm just scrolling yep. with that sort of one, I need an image to stop me Two, I need this person. I need to start exploring this person, seeing what they, you know, if they can speak, if they, so those are things that I look at. So I think a lot of times it's your intention behind why you're getting on in the moment. And I think, unfortunately, many of us don't get intentional in our social media feeds. We often are just mindlessly scrolling, but, um, and that becomes a big, uh, kind of getting into more stuff that gets becomes a huge suck on your life when you start yeah. to realize how much time you devote to something and you're you're not really actually doing anything you're just scrolling through yeah um, absolutely and that leads back to what you were what you were talking about to inspiration is everywhere now the problem can be I've can heard other people talk about separate it, it. yeah exactly well, so, filtering it yeah I think. so you know it's exactly so when you you know David you're talking about going on there with intention for some people that can be kind of hard to unpack what that means, but you're going there with a certain a purpose goal that you have to achieve and criteria for what the content is that you're going to pay attention right. to. So, you know, when you're looking for inspiration as a photographer to do testing or collaboration work, you need some kind of visual reference and you could engineer that from the back end by intentionally sitting down with Instagram, pulling some stuff that speaks to you, just getting a few in front of you and actually listing down on some sticky tabs. What you're looking for. What are the things in those images that are speaking to you? What do they have common between them in order to maybe understand the aesthetics that speak to you and that you want to make? And then as you say, go make them. And I think that's something that Jeff has done really well, has helped build his social following in the time that I've known him very, uh, I mean, a lot. He's up to like 106K followers, I think, on Instagram now. Um, But he's started to dissect images that, I mean, it's very clear, you're dissecting images that you're seeing, you're being inspired by making not only the, here's the image for my own gratification, but I'm gonna make a video about it. I'm gonna put all the lighting diagrams around what I did. Um, so kind of becoming this educational point of contact of, I was inspired for it, I dissected it, I figured it out, here's what I did. Um, awesome. And that's something I think that's starting to be really cool to watch you move into and and not just you're not just exploring the content for yourself you're exploring the content dissecting it and then pushing it out into the world what made you decide to to start Uh, showing that stuff uh so i started doing like behind the scenes stuff uh i would call it that before i'd call it educational i mean it ended up there but it started out as just i'm gonna take a picture so i can remember it later that like for me, That's for a- me. And that was all it was. And then I kind of started, I just like post it. And then those kind of, those pictures ended up gaining more traction than just the picture. 
I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. So wow. I started doing it more, and then it very, it snowballed very organically and accidentally. Right. Uh, and and then it kind of, I was like, oh, I actually like doing this. You know, I like explain it by explaining how I did things and and explaining my process. It made me a significantly better photographer because it again that goes wow. back to the understanding the technical of it. Where I was, I was explaining the technical, and part of that's like I don't want to make the internet angry, so I have to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be sure you're you're yeah. you're being vulnerable, and you're making sure you got to check your shit, yeah. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I started doing that, and then it just kind of it just kind of organically came into this. Oh, I guess I'm like an educator now. I I, I suppose, and then yeah. it just kind of. I don't know. It, it's I've I have a hard time like saying that because I'm still constantly you know, a student as Learning, well. Right. I mean, as we all should be, no one should be like, I'm yeah. like the absolute best now, you know, it, cause it's just, it's not true. Cause there's always the industry is changing. Everything's changing. You know, not that there's like necessarily trends. I mean, there are, but I don't, I mean, I don't think that as good creators, we need to abide by those trends. I think we need to kind of step outside the norm. Uh, but yeah, so to answer your question, it was, it was literally just a, a reference point for me. That's how yeah, I started yeah. quote teaching was just, <laughs> I need to remember this later. Let me just like take a picture of it so I can have it like, you know, backlogged. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit to Instagram. I want to talk about that and social media and growth. What is your Instagram handle? At ready light media. And when did, do you remember when you started it? Let me scroll back. No. I mean, like five years, uh, ten it years. Was, I okay? I, Seven years. How old? The starting of it, and then the starting of me actually like trying, not like trying to build it, but like actually like actively like doing it. Yeah. Uh, I started really like actively trying. We'll say we'll call it trying. <laughs> uh, like three years ago, probably. Okay. And uh, how and many I, followers would you say you had when you started like investing time? And curating and publishing under ten thousand. Okay. So I mean, in, in I would say, I mean, you probably would you say three or four thousand? I don't know. It's like so. David mentioned earlier that you're just above a hundred, somewhere in there, low hundreds. Yeah, low hundreds. Let's so have you? Let me seen, let me log in. Have you quick. seen there to be a pretty, you know, steady growth, or was there a huge spike and then drop off? Has it been kind of erratic or pretty it, steady for you? It's been. St- well, let's okay. So it went like from ten thousand to twenty thousand. It got pr- it was pretty not quick, but it was like definitely noticeable. And then like thirty came like out of nowhere, and then fifty, and then it's like it's definitely. I mean, I think that kind of plays with the algorithm though. Like the more influence you have, I'm doing air quotes a lot that no one can see. I don't know why you keep pointing <laughs> at your dick. It's really weird. Uh, but I think like. I could not post for like a month and I would still gain like a hundred followers a day, yeah. you know? And, and like, I just think that that kind of goes to the, the bigger the account, the more like noticeable you get or the, like the more the algorithm favor, favors you. And like, I didn't want to make this an Instagram conversation, no, but we're here now. So that's, <laughs> that's I mean, great. How could we not? I feel like, no, I know it's, especially it's such for a, where we're at now with WPPI, that is an Instagram driven mm-hmm you know, uh, genre of photography and everyone wants to know how to get more followers right. for whatever reason. Yeah. So and how, the answer, how and why do you use Instagram? Do you profit off it? And that profit might be getting clients. It might be actually like doing a sponsored post. It might be collaborations with other companies. Like how do you use 
your presence on Instagram to advance your career? So I use my presence on Instagram as just that is kind of the platform that worked for me as far as it's a visual platform. I'm a photographer. It made sense. So I did that. I don't do sponsored posts. I mean, I have before technically, I guess, but you can't, I mean, I'm not saying you can't, I feel like it's very hard to make a living off of that. So like I use it as a way to get my work out there where I know people are seeing it. You know, I mean, obviously I have other portfolios as well, but I use it as a, it's out there. I get hired a good amount from someone who just like happened to stumble on my Instagram, like not, and then I also teach workshops and stuff. So it's like part of it's getting people to come to those. So So, come to my workshops. (laughs) But when you're, when you were just talking about um, Instagram and how it grew, um, I could tell by the way you're talking that you're not like an Instagram scientist. Right. And I don't mean that. How could you tell? No, but that's fantastic because I think a lot of photographers think that they need to be an Instagram scientist or have some kind of insider knowledge as to how to grow traffic in order to really do it right. Right. You do. You do. 100%. You do. Yeah. You absolutely have to now. To be an Instagram scientist. 100%. 100%. If you really want to take advantage of the power of what Instagram, 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 of what Instagram can do for you, Uh you need to know the back end of the, of Facebook business manager, because if it doesn't matter if you have a hundred followers, yeah, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand followers, if you really want to sell, let's say, let's take your workshop, for example, if you wanted to win, where are you located? Franklin, Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee. All right. So if you wanted to do a workshop in Franklin, Tennessee, you already have a hundred thousand followers. That's a step up to start out your advertising. You launch a targeted based ad that is maybe generated off of your pixel. So the pixel could be on your website and create an audience of people that visited your website and you then can see where they're at. So depending if it's a smaller last second workshop, that you launch geographically okay you you might think to yourself oh this is a more expensive workshop or a cheaper workshop do i want to get people from franklin do i want to get people from missouri do i want to get people from arkansas you can set that boundary and then advertise to people that are let's say your market is for males or Hmm. females or males between 24 and 32 that also like the company pro edu or that also like lindsey adler chris knight whatever that might be you can select from a menu and be like, I want to show my ad for this workshop to those people and only those people for three days and then buy that specific ad that is based off of conversions. So that conversion might be checking out on your website or that conversion for you might be people to watch 50% of this ad. So you can't get that sort of insight and that data from just like posting. It's nice to post and it's nice to get followers, but if you're really trying to get results, right. it's all about the content you're posting. And if you right. pay for it, you can get better results. And I, th- but, and I think that's the difference too, is, is you're talking about converting it into capital. And I think potentially the other side of it, having watched Jeff grow for a while, I think he now is just telling us that he posted for his own reasons, but that resonated really strongly with the audience. And so, I mean, I would guess that a large majority of your followers are other photographers that are looking for the secrets, that are looking for these 
how do I emulate these things? And so they came because they wanted that. Now, if he wanted to change that into what you're talking about and saying, now, now I'm going to start teaching workshops. Now I have an audience that he can go back and tap into. But it's not just money with the conversion. The conversion could be attention. Attention is capital. If you want to get people's attention to do, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's just building uh, confidence in your base, whether it's just building an audience of people to then go back to a year from now, like your understanding and being like that astronaut, that technician of Instagram, that's where you can really take advantage of that platform. And what I've seen in the last year itself, it's becoming more and more expensive. So like, depending on what your goal is, it's all about your KPI and like, what is, what are you measuring success off of? Is it just off of exposure? I think that you hit the nail on the head as far as like, what is your end goal? Right. You know, I mean, because a lot of people don't know. They're like, I want followers. And like, okay, what, like, what does that get you? Does that, do you just want it because it makes you feel good? Or do you want followers because. I want the endorphins. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's some science behind that too. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's just, my thing that I'm trying to do now is taking the followers I have on Instagram and converting those into email subscribers because then you actually own that, you know, and then you can actually use that as a, let's just say hypothetically here, Instagram shut down tomorrow. <laughs> like what, what is 106,000 followers do for me? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So like I'm trying to convert them into why, but why email though? Well, I mean, we know Instagram, let's assume for this argument, Instagram is not going to because right. it's Facebook. So it's sticking around. Mm-hmm. Why convert them and spend the money and resources into getting them to give you your email address? When you already have that audience there, you just haven't actually targeted them with like the business manager on, on Facebook because you, that list is there, that 100,000 people. You can set an ad and pay for that ad and say, only show it to the people that follow me. This sounds like a tutorial. Only, it sh- I mean, it should be. That's, it, it absolutely should be. Um, so Hi, Gary Martin. <laughs> real quick. Yeah. So, Gary, all of the Instagram science stuff you just spewed out is brilliant but I gotta say you just probably broke a bunch of people's uh, spirits because it sounded so technical and for you know what those, was of us, those of us who are entering the space we go oh well that sounds out of reach to me that sounds inaccessible all of that knowledge that Gary's talking about sounds really technical it sounds very technical to Not me really. and no, me it's too. like, I mean, the Absolutely. reality of it is, it's, it's, I think it's, you're, again, you're accessing different parts of your brain there. Like it's, that's a very, you know, technical, analytical way to look at things. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, because it's absolutely right. It's just as creatives, I think it's really hard for us to tap into that totally. and then do it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. That's why we because, hire people. Right. Well, exactly. Because yeah. we, we, we want that. So just two questions. First one, you know, Gary, is how do people who don't feel like that's within their reach go get it? And whether it's them or hiring someone. Yeah. Two, is it not, is it no longer, uh, an option to do it as Jeff did it to get to this point. Has that changed? All right. So there's no difference between what I'm talking about and your level of retouching, right? So like Mm -hmm. to retouch an image like you do and to be able to see that file structure and be like, holy cow, like the architecture of this, the layer structure, the organization, how it was done, the time it took in which you to do it. 
all of that took 10,000 hours, maybe less. Mm -hmm. it, that all depends. Right. The same thing with Facebook advertising. A lot of this is still the wild, wild west, and a lot of this is changing on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Right. And Facebook is throwing you constant curveballs. But it's the same concept. It is a newer generation. It's a newer exact replica of email marketing. So email mm -hmm. marketing, for the longest time, we've been trying to get people's emails, and then we send them this announcement. Well, people have been inundated with that, and they don't check their emails as often. It's still a very, very profitable way to uh, you know, send communication and get conversions. But depending on what you're trying to do with Facebook, it is far cheaper. So the average cost mm -hmm. on Facebook yep. for most industries, I would say, to get an email lead can be anywhere from, on the lower end, a quarter. That's very, very cheap. Mm -hmm. On the higher end, depending on what you're selling, that lead could be in the 3 to $5 range, sometimes $10. Higher ticket items, $50. So that's a conversion. So what am I willing to pay to get one qualified lead for whatever I'm selling? So when you break it down and think about it that way, how am I getting leads? So you can either take people off of Facebook, and Facebook knows this because they don't want people to leave Facebook. Because if someone is going to a landing page to then sign up, they're no longer on Facebook, and Facebook knows this, and they charge you for that. So the real thing is, and what I like to research now and test, well, well, fine, keep people on Facebook. I'll buy a different type of ad that keeps people on Facebook, and I'll show them, like, this is why we make so many trailers with you. There's a master trailer, there's shorter things, there's parts of the tutorial. We'll test all of that and see how people are interacting with that piece of content. Yeah. And then I can look back and say, okay, Seth had this piece of content that was a free section of a tutorial or a trailer. I want to see how many people watched 75% of that or more in the last yeah. year, in the last six months, in the last 30 days, 90 days. I have that ability to make that audience, and I, then I can say, okay, how many people watched this trailer that I spent maybe $1,000 on, and that $1,000 easily can get half a million to a million views. How many people watched 50% of that, mm -hmm. or 75% of that? Now I want to show them this offer on Facebook, maybe right. for a whatever it might be. And it's not about trying to like, just constantly sell people. It's about finding the right people that are interested in that product to get them to go down this funnel of, okay, they're interested, show them something else. Educate them about the product, the features and benefits, and why that's going to help them do whatever. Because so we're, that, we're just, we're buying yes. attention. Yes. We're, we're buying people's attention on Facebook. So I'm, what I'm hearing is that um, that's maybe not really that hard to understand because Facebook is the platform that allows you to do these things. And what is that noise? It, it sounds like sounds with like the headphones on the someone like has moved uh, the table above us? No, like a triceratops trapped in one of the <laughs> It sounded like, like it doesn't sound like anything without headphones on. <laughs> it sounded like a triceratops was giving birth to another baby rhinoceros in the bathroom. In one of the yeah, in the bathroom. I'm not going to edit this, so we're just going to go let's go right back in. Sounds so, great. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were you at? Well, yeah, because I always keep getting back to that feeling of accessibility because, you know, my retouching, if I explain parts of it here, sound like, you know, science. Um, you know, Jeff's there talking about, yeah, that stuff sounds like kind of advanced to me as well, and it's advanced to me. So maybe you're saying that Facebook is really supporting this type of funneling, this type of communication and engagement yeah. it's not that hard and it's not that expensive 
I, I get why so many people, and I was in the same position, got so mad when it was like, I spent all this time posting for the glory yeah. days of Facebook, and then now my engagement's down. You can look at it that way, and you can either complain and keep complaining, right. and nothing's going to change. Or you can say, you know what? Let me explore why Facebook did that. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I have no affiliation with Facebook, and I, I hate them for a lot of things. Right. Uh, the fact that I'm on it all day. But when you can show a specific person in a specific city yeah. that has specific behaviors, a very specific piece of media, and then automate that and then show them a series of pieces of media, that's right. if you were to tell someone on Madison Avenue from yeah. like 50, 60 years ago that that was a fucking option, they would shit their fucking pants. Yeah. You kidding me? They'd be like, you got to be kidding me. They were making ads and just blasting it out to the fucking universe, and they get no KPI or feedback yeah. on like what worked, what didn't. Right. They, were, they they would hire teams of people to be like, okay, look, you get out there and figure out what worked and what didn't. They'd go searching for information. All of that is right there in the back end of your Facebook out there business doing manager. Census reports. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that that's crazy, and it will take it, it'll take time and dedication to understand that because it because social is a craft now. Social is a second job. And so the way Jeff's success worked, and I'm, well, you tell me. So did it come from any kind of strategy like regular posting of your images? And then, you know, if you had anything that you did that was consistent that you grew that with, and then maybe Gary could say that still works or that just doesn't work anymore. Well, I think it, it comes down to consistency and then also, and this probably does play into like how it used to be. Uh, but you know, I mean, consistency, and then also you you have to create good content. You're like at the end of the day, you can't like produce bad content and expect it to work. So yeah. it's it's a it's a mixture of good content, you know, tar like knowing what your audience is and who your audience is. And I, I deal with this with a lot of people who are like, oh, like I want more followers. Like we going back to yeah. this kind of thing. I want more followers, and then they're just like kind of just do what I did, and they they let's say they're a, a senior portrait photographer. Right. And then they just all of a sudden start posting behind the scenes stuff because that like that that's what I did and that worked for me. Yeah. But their audience is teenagers moms, right? Yeah. Like they don't care about how you did it necessarily. I mean some of them might, they might be interested in it. But it, it it's a matter of finding your audience and then giving your audience what your audience yeah. wants. So like finding success talking to teenagers moms through the through, through the art that you make and then also finding the audience who wants to talk to teenagers moms through your behind the scenes type stuff yeah I guess I don't know I mean so I kept hearing that table move from <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex giving birth oh, I don't you know did? I, I couldn't hear it, it. Yeah. probably because I was just All right, so, talking but, but yeah. to what you said and to follow up from Jeff you can have great content and you can have a very great developed schedule of I'm going to post where my audience is the you know the most active at 7 a.m. and then 9 p.m. and you can follow that and not see any explosion in success in a very specific low amount of one to three percent engagement for a long time. That's what I'm doing. And, and right that now, by is the way. actually something that is done by Instagram or Facebook, and we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. They are throttling you, and they're throttling you for a good reason because they. At the end of the day, they're a business and they have to make money. Back in the day, like that growth, like you could 
catch on fire in terms of like what you were posting grow exponentially and like they weren't preventing other people from seeing that. Now they are intentionally with a lot of intent preventing other people from seeing that. So you could have great shit. Someone could like like it, post it, uh, share it, whatever that might be, and they're preventing other people. Well, the from question seeing is, that. why are they going to be like that? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's because they're trying to capitalize. It's because they want to give you just enough success, just enough engagement to come back, right? They they're get like you hooked. The, they're like the crack dealer on the corner. They they're are just giving you a yeah, taste. They are. And then after you get a taste, they want you to work harder and pay them for it. But the cool thing is, <laughs> if you do have that foundation that's what it is. of like knowledge on how to do it, right? It can work so well for you. Is the knowledge and how to do it something that they created in order to support us, or is that still a hack of well? That's the crazy the thing. They're they they're kind of like Adobe in that they aren't the ones making the most advanced education on how to use the the programs. The user is uh-huh. so there is sub communities being like just born out of the need for how the fuck do we use that? And like the heads of those sub communities have this outreach program, like you and you and earth have, you know, this connection with Adobe where you give feedback and they tell you what's kind of, you know, coming on, then you disseminate it to the rest of us of like, Hey, this is in the pipeline or we helped, you know, bring all this feedback back to Adobe. That, same exact structure works with Facebook and Instagram. And there's uh-huh. a select handful of people that are like testing and like getting feedback from Facebook and Instagram and kind of like making educational content and giving it to the rest of us. Got and it. it could be like good information one day. And the crazy thing is, and this is why it's completely different from like yeah. Photoshop, a few weeks later, it could just not fucking work. And you don't know why. Right. And they don't have to tell you why. They so, don't have to tell you why it doesn't work. That's so, the f- most frustrating thing. So for the so for the people who are listening who are like I want to get my Instagram game on and are feeling a little you know bummed about what they're hearing right now what is the solution is, are we now in a time where we have to pay social media managers or people who really dig into this shit like you to um, help them do their thing like what what advice would you give Jeff at the at the scale that he is now of his success what to do on the advice Social. that I, I would give anyone is number one, if you don't know what your number one intention is on Instagram or Facebook, why are you doing it? Right. Then you, there's no clear answer. What are but the, if you have an intention of, you know what? Yeah. My end product is, let's say, wedding photography. I'm on Instagram to get people, couples that are going to get married. Can we where use are, the example where, of, let's say there's this guy who has these workshops that he wants to sell. Yeah. And <laughs> all right, all right, so free marketing here. So you, marketing you, all right, all right let's do it. So like that. who, who normally friend, goes uh, to your workshops? Mm-hmm. Describe a, that type of person right. from their gender to their age, to their demographic, to like their income level. Well, it would got to know your target audience. Be, see, this is where it's kind of stumped me because it's been very, very diverse. It's yeah. been anybody from, I just picked up a camera and like they're still like good and they like know what they want I think to people who have been shooting for twice as long as I have and you know and then in the rage and it's men women age range from 20 to 50 something okay it, I mean, it's literally some so, products are like that you it's know? so spread out that it, it's well, that, like th- frustrating because I'm like how do I market this because it's like one day it's it's like someone just out of college who's like 
gung-ho photography. I want to learn lighting. And that actually makes it, it, it makes it easier. That's more of a product that's a commodity like jeans. Everybody needs jeans. So if you're seeing your product being used by everyone from 18 to 60, that's actually a lot cheaper on Facebook to go to an age demographic or an age range that big and say, all right, show this ad to people 18 to 60. That's one variable. So then I would say the next variable, where do these people come from? Are, are they the United States? Did anyone from no, like outside the, of the people coming to the workshop? Sorry, the people coming to the workshops are okay. uh, one guy came from Jamaica, all but right. uh, everybody else United States, but uh, all over. Uh, right. I had, wow. again like so, the first let's say for instance the first workshop I did I had thirteen people that came, three of which were from Tennessee. Uh, so ten of them flew from out of state or drove. Okay, uh, which is like. Humbling. That's incredible. By, I mean, it right? was insane. People are driving all the way. I think the yeah, fact that the yeah. first one was so successful, it kind of like almost like put a chip in my shoulder. I was like, oh, like it'll just be that way. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's so, not. Right, so large age age range. Let's let's go with probably ninety to ninety five percent United States. Mm. Now it's photographers that are what are they? Two years in, five years in, ten years in, twenty years in. Is there a is there it's, a common population of people? I don't know if there's like a year time you can put on that, but it's definitely I, I market people who are, I think, active working professionals okay. that are taking like the whole the the workshop series is called next level lighting. So it's like you know something, take yeah. it to the next level. Okay, that that's the kind of the branding behind that. Uh, so yeah, like I'm it. not I'm not taking i'm not trying to cater to the moms who got a camera for christmas to take yep. pictures of their kids like I've, I've kind of ruled them out it's it's definitely people who work in the industry i think that are just like trying to level up their photography sure. a little bit all right so knowing this amount of information about your audience and your products you could break an ad down like this so you create an ad campaign maybe it's an awareness campaign and you're advertising to a cold audience, so people that have probably never heard of you. But knowing what you know about your current audience, of where they live, what they're into, and they want to do headshot photography, you could say, all right, I want to buy this ad that's going to show my video, and I'm going to buy an ad that's going to show, uh, it's called through play. Like, I want to buy a through play ad that's going to show a video, and the goal or intention of that video is to get people to watch at least 15 seconds. So let's imagine you have a trailer for your workshop, you blast it out only to people in the United States that are in between the ages of 18 to 65 that then have an interest. So in the back end of the business manager in Facebook, you can have an interest, and that might be Peter Hurley. Peter right. Hurley's a headshot photographer. He'll come up. So then you can buy an ad set that is show this just to people that like Peter Hurley or that have that common interest. And then you create a second ad set. And what you want to do here is create this controlled environment that has one variable that's different. And then you have a second ad set. And that could be people that like Canon or Sony or whatever that might be. Then you have a third ad set. And that third ad set could be people that have visited my page within the last 60 days, 90 days, or 180 days. And then you can have a fourth ad set that says people that have followed me or interacted are my top interactions on Instagram. So you keep creating this, for the most part, same set of people, but there's one variable that's different. <laughs> I don't know what that noise is, but. Sorry, I think, it, I, guys, it was just me. Yeah, it was, it was that's your it's tummy. It's been me the whole that's time. Your, that's your tummy. 
I wonder if it's it's some moving part the table of my, that we're actually yeah. talking on. We just yeah. don't notice it. Some part of my body making that sound. Anyway, long story short. So you buy this ad, and in there is ad sets. Ad sets. So when you say ad set, is that technically a separate ad, or is that... It's the same ad. It's the same ad creative, but what but Facebook is doing is they're shopping and showing the target differently. So what you always mm-hmm. want to do is let Facebook go out there and shop it around. And then Facebook introduced, I think last year or the year before, campaign budget optimization, which says... Uh, I want to spend $1,000 a day for this ad. I want to get people to watch it. I want thousands of people to watch it. So then the metric is how cheap can I get someone to watch this f- the first 15 seconds? And then you can get that down to, like you can get the first three seconds down to a tenth of a penny. In which case you could do the math and see very quickly that you can get millions of views for a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So basically you create these ad sets that are showing the same ad, the same ad creative to different people so there's always like one variable that you're testing so then you'll you know launch the ad and it can either be ongoing or for a week you can create a budget that's per day or a budget that's for the whole duration of that campaign and then you basically just say Facebook go out use campaign budget optimization and you optimize and you show this to where that through play that's what you're that's what you bought that ad for get me the best results for that in which case okay now you've created this ad and let's say you, you turn some of the ads off, like the, the ad for Peter early was costing you the most amount of money. You turn that one off like four days in. And then the second ad for Canon was super expensive, low engagement for whatever reason. It could be a million different reasons. Right. You turn that one off. And then that last ad set that might be for people that in, you know, interacted with you on Instagram, it got... So you can do, you your, can literally like get people who interacted with you on Instagram and only target yeah, them. They're, they're yep. linked together. They're owned by the well, same I knew, company. I mean, though, I knew yeah. that, but like... Yeah, I didn't know this. this so, is, oh, and that's where too. and that's where most people education dropping. That's right where now. most people and Instagram does this I because it this is, is a little professional. It is education. a little bit. It is a little bit complicated, but or they make it super EDU. easy for you to boost a post, and that's where it all started from. Got it. So, boosting the post was like where they first launched Facebook advertising, and then they came up with this whole strategic business manager backend. So, you, if you, I think it's business.facebook.com. Mm-hmm. You set up your whole account. You link your Instagram. You link your Facebook page to your business page. And then you log in and have all of these tools at your disposal, d- disposal for building audiences and uh-huh. showing them specific things. And there's an infinite amount of audiences that you can build. So another thing that's which is really crazy is a lookalike audience. So let, mm, take all right. of the people that interact with you on. Since you have a lot of data, Facebook is going to be better for you because you have so many followers. You have a hundred thousand followers you can then build a lookalike audience of people in the United States that, are, that have the same traits and behaviors as the people that follow you. Because Facebook is a data collection company. So the only thing that they're doing is collecting data on us based off of how we interact online. And then they sell that to us, advertisers, who want to then show specific things to you know, our potential clients. Mm-hmm. So for your workshop, you could then duplicate what we just talked about and only show it to lookalike audiences of people that visited my website, visited my Instagram page. People also, let's say, people that watch 95% of that ad that we just paid for for a week, make a lookalike audience off of that in the United Kingdom, in Spain, worldwide. So now once you get into countries, and once you get into demographics, how old people are. That's the thing too, is like, it is with, Instagram, you know, being worldwide, there is a hefty amount of my audience that's not United States. Yeah. So I'm like, 
at the same time, I'm trying to cater to like, can I do online stuff that where like I can do like live videos where like they can tune in with that or something. But I think focusing on domestic and, and how I can, you've, you've opened up a lot of, uh, now I have to go think about it. And <laughs> <laughs> so what's like the first things that you would, t that you would tell, tell Jeff, is that like, go get that Facebook business no first one is he has to set a goal of where he wants to go who That's he true. wants to attract yeah, yes. like unless he knows what customer he's trying to go after the entire exercise is pointless cool yeah so, so the best thing for me just hypothetically to do hypothetically uh <laughs> would be would would that be to would the look-alike audience be like a first step for me or would no. that be goal, like literally yeah, i would go goal, back to my yeah, statement what, what like david said if yeah. you if you don't know and i think this is like a great educational concept for all photographers, anyone who's in business, doesn't matter if you're a retoucher, doesn't matter if you're a videographer, if you don't know who you are marketing to, mm -hmm. marketing doesn't work. If you don't know who the, in, if you don't, I mean, are they male or are they female? Are, what age group are they in? How much money do they make? Like all of that, I think we get caught up in this concept of throwing a fish out or a, a fishing net out into the entire ocean and seeing what we will scoop mm -hmm. up or do we drive our boat to the type of fish that we want to have and they're located primarily in these waters and That's we great. cast a knot net in that yeah. area to get the specific thing that we want are you targeting the entire world or are you targeting the people that will actually pay for what you you want it to right. to come where's your where's yeah. your return on investment yeah. i think fundamentally as business people this is where we fail constantly is we don't think about what it is that we're going after we just want to go after the whole damn world. Yeah. So saying he identifies the audience that is great for those specific workshops that he's doing now, without drilling down too far, what are the next, you know, the, the two next, to, two yeah, to four yeah. steps that he needs to do to talk to him? From his position, because he has so much engagement and followers, there's so much data for Facebook to aggregate for you that's already there. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out, no one's going to your website and you have 10 followers on Instagram, you don't have anyone on Facebook, that's going to be harder for Facebook to give you a large amount of uh, mm -hmm. data to go off of right. for them to then optimize. Right. Whatever that. It's like ancestry.com. The more people that <laughs> input into it, the better the results get. Yeah, the more right. cousins exactly, you got out exactly there. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> but I would say once that, and it's free to start a business uh, account at Facebook. Mm -hmm. Once you have that set up and like properly linked to. Sounds like there's, there's a party, a party yeah, next door. Party We're going to have to invite right. them over later. Yeah. So, Unlock and that, that and that's door. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, it's Vegas. People are partying. <laughs> The, the number one thing that you could do, and you mentioned this earlier about you want to build your uh, email list, that's cool, but email list is going to cost you a lot of money. You have so much data right now in the back end of your Facebook that there's, an, there's a section called audiences. You go into audiences and you can start building them. And it's kind of arduous and it's kind of time consuming because there's no easy way to make a lot of them at once. You have to go through and, and start building these custom audiences and building this naming convention that you can remember. So you could say, all right, uh, website custom this website website custom audience one and then you could have like a Google Drive folder where like you describe to yourself what website custom audience one is and it could be website custom audience one is people that have uh, visited a specific page on my website in the last 90 days and then you got to make another one for 30 days and then 60 days mm -hmm. and then seven days or one day 
do you need all those days? Maybe not. Some people do. But you don't know until the data's there. Right. And then you could say, all right, everyone that's visited my website, 60 days, 90 days, 180 days, you can pick the amount of days, and it'll, it'll make that audience. So then this snowballs, and you can start to create all of these different audiences. If you have a product on your um, website that you can add to your cart. So do people add something to their cart, and which is your workshop? There. So you can add a, 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 an audience of people that have added to my cart but didn't purchase in the last 30 days. I want to show them something. So that's a, that's a hot audience. Right, because that's, and, that's, and, that's, and in marketing, warm. like they say that like somebody has to be exposed to a product approximately eight times before they actually purchase. So approximately eight times they've seen it they've thought about it, they've visited it before they actually purchased. Not me, man, yeah, two no. times max. Man, not I'm me, I'm a researcher. Re- like, I'm I wanna read everything. I'm laying down my money, I'll just, nope. I don't care. I saw it twice, I'll buy it. Yeah, That's It depends why, on what it is, but I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm like. So you guys are impulse buyers and you probably got a oh, bunch of yeah. crap in your pulp closets, but. Oh, <laughs> All right, I'm, so that's, a, that's an entire <laughs> form of advertising. That's called direct response. Uh-huh. So yep. direct response is someone walking around with a clipboard walking up to you and being like, hey man, you like this jean jacket? This jean jacket is the shit. You want to buy it? It's on sale right now for 80% off. Bam. You look at it once Seth and you're like, it. 80% off? Money. Fucking, I'm Please. buying that. That's direct response. Right. For larger ticket items, let's say like your workshop that might be 500 to 1,000, uh-huh. 2,000, yes. whatever that might be, that's going to take some time. That, yeah. You have to gain people's trust, confidence. I need to know what I'm throwing my money down. That, that is a huge, like, like, stumbling block for me as far as advertising is like yeah i was like why and, and this is just me like my thought process and and obviously from what you've said before it, it, my mind has changed a little bit but like is why would i advertise like if i don't buy something from an advertisement for an item that costs 30 dollars why would someone who's never heard of me buy a workshop that cost a thousand that's yep. the thing. you know, so that, and, and that's that's the thing that's like. To them. So you're the first them ad the does, isn't an ask. That first right. ad is you establishing a credibility. So that first piece of media, and this is something you need to look at your your business. And say, all right, do I need to create this piece of media that establishes me as a, an authority figure, enabled to get people's confidence that I can teach this workshop? So this, you might you might promote a post that just shows behind the scenes of your work, okay. which people like see you, but there's no like buy button. There's no button that takes people to a page to get their money you're just sponsoring that just to catch their attention right and when you do that that's super cheap you can get that down to tens of pennies for that so then you build this audience of millions of people in which case there might only be you know half of one percent that are your real audience so a lot of it's junk but then you you bring them down this funnel and they go from cold to warm to hot and then that hot audience this is where we uh have the custom audiences that you're your audience of people that have visited your website in the last seven days that maybe have added to the cart might only be a hundred people or 200 people or 300 people. But those fucking people are people that are right on the edge of saying, is this right for me? I might, I might want to buy it. So then you can show just those people and add that's like, Hey, the workshop's 50% off. Yeah. You're not blasting that to everyone. Right. You're just just blasting it out to the people that have maybe added to the cart and then abandoned their cart and say, you know what? I didn't have the money for it, but then you now come you out with a fifty percent off. And you're right. like last minute for the last week. I got three spots left. I'm gonna blast or, this out. I want to make sure this gets to the right people. Or right. like you I only like, show it to those people. When I do my workshops, I like to create that sense of 
immediacy. Like this is this is your last chance. There's only one spot left. Like bam, Do you, you say gotta that get it when out. there is more than one spot I, left. I, I decline to comment because okay. I make other people money in workshops. So <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm just a promoter. Right. I'm not. I'm not well, selling my brand. Can you promote mine then? Good night. <laughs> well, because I, so I think a lot of people could feel. Tell me if you're feeling like this. Like there's a lot of information, and when we're looking for information like this, we're we're sort of cobbling together stuff that we find on you know, searching, uh, googling the stuff up, listening to podcasts and all that. So there's no comprehensive plan, you know, linear like you're talking about anywhere. Like, can people find these strategies someplace? Like you're explaining them here, or is this the podcast? Like, <laughs> you know. Specific for photographers and creatives, there's not a lot of education out there for Facebook that I've found at all. And I've been but scouring for coming soon to a pro edu <laughs> tutorial. I mean, well, that's what I want to define I mean, and uncover here is that if this is actually a workflow that, that you have assembled because you're interested in a certain community and how they can you know, do social. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want people to hear this and go, oh, well, it's all out there in all these places. I just got to go find it. But... Maybe it's not, yeah. There is education out there if you look hard enough. There's education that will teach you these processes, but it might be using the product of genes or a product of a different type of like info education. Like yeah. there's a lot of it with people that are selling. This is the crazy thing. There are companies out there that make this product and it's about selling the product that they're selling and uh, they show yeah. the case study of how well it's working of, all right, I sell this product of how to sell to people that want to learn how to yeah. advertise on Facebook. Yeah. And that's their fucking product. And no, it's like, no, I know. You're buying that's... the product that, it, and yeah, it's, look it's at, almost like it breaks your fucking brain. Well, it, it's it not, breaks my brain because yeah. it's like, look at how much money I'm making off of Facebook all, of you all the time. Trying but to learn about what I'm doing is, to is sell selling to you. you. So you're buying well, their stuff to show yeah. off how much money they make so they can say, I make all yeah. this money by this. Think, it's foolproof. I think a lot of people might say that when they're listening to this you know, process you're talking about, they go, well, that's great, but that's really only for selling for selling stuff that is you know, maybe about marketing or selling stuff that is specifically workshops. Can I use those processes to target clients? Yes. Yeah, a lot of the fundamentals are the same. He was going there and then I made him change his course. No, no, (laughs) yes. A lot of of the fundamentals are the same. Um, And you just got to spend a lot of time doing it. And unfortunately, here's the shittiest part. It is going to cost you a lot of money to learn what's working and what's not. And Facebook, like you could launch an ad that works one day and then you are, let's say you're getting yeah. people signing up and Facebook is charging you, let's say your workshop's $1,000. Yeah. And Facebook is telling you that every conversion you're getting is costing you $100. Uh-huh. That's a 10% conversion, right? Yeah. It's pretty good. That's really good. And that could be going great for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it could just stop or it could jump up to $700, depending on how you have your ad set up. You can set up rules, wow. you can set up limits. Okay. But it's just one of those things that just because it's working on one day doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be working tomorrow. So, And there's so many variables on the back end that there's literally an infinite amount of ways to set up one single Market, ad. Marketer. Yeah. you got to be a marketer. At, at, one, at what point is it worth a creative to hire somebody to do that for them? Just, I mean, is it is something like... This is like breaking my brain thinking about it because my brain just doesn't work this way. And, and I don't, and I think there's probably a lot of people that 
feel the same way. Yeah. Like, at what point do we like do we right. try it? Do do ourselves? This is kind of the same reason why I don't retouch some of my own images because yeah. it, it's just wasting my time. Because somebody else can do it a lot quicker. I think well, you just answered your uh, own question, though. I feel like so when you get if to I that don't want to do it, hire somebody. No, to look, do it. it's not that. I think I think when when you get to the point where your now your side gig, which is promoting yourself, is getting in the way of you doing your primary gig, which is shooting photos, so you can promote yourself. That's when it's time to hire somebody else. Like when you're losing money doing it yourself, right? That's when it's time to hire somebody else. Like I can't do as many jobs as I want to do because I because have you're to, spending all have of your time myself, learning how to Facebook to market. Yeah. Like when you get to that yeah. stage, I think that's when you have to start saying it's time for somebody else to step in. So what make, you're saying is I, I should hire somebody else to do so it. Jeff, it. Sounds like you should hire Gary. <laughs> that was, <Yeah. laughs> was going to get, yeah, I'm hiring Gary. Um, my next question was, do you feel like you would want to spend that money to hire that person in your business? Do you feel like you, A, have the kind of budget coming in that you can now start devoting stuff, and would you want to do that to get who knows how much more work? I don't know. I think it's, it, it comes down to the... I think, obviously, there are, is like research that's shown that it does work if it's done correctly, mm -hmm. but it, it, I think as someone who is like starting from square one, let's just say that, Yeah people aren't necessarily budgeting out to like, I want to use this money to just get analytics. Basically. I think that there's definitely, and I'm one of them. I'll be honest. Like I'm one of them where I was, I'm like, I don't, I'm it to a point right. to some people, it seems like you're just throwing money out and like hoping it sticks to where like you get something out of it. But obviously there's, I don't know how that works. So, so that, that, that gets back. <laughs> That gets back to defining the goals, I think. Because if you're filling, if your workshops have 15 people and you're doing four a year and you're filling all the seats every time, maybe you don't have the need for that. So it's, you know, defining those goals. I want to grow my business past yeah. this and I want to grow it in this way and I want to do it differently. Maybe it's I want to triple the yeah. price of my workshops, you know, yeah. that yeah. type of stuff. Of course, yeah. Well, and now the, the, one thing that I, the, yeah, the one thing that I'll end the on. Circle of life. Just what. <laughs> almost a disclaimer to people listening to this. You can learn how to do this and learn how to do it well and understand the theory behind it because it is still a working theory on how to advertise and buy ads on Facebook. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if your product isn't good, you can know how to buy an ad and be strategic. Yeah. But if your product isn't good, you're not gonna sell then it. you're not going to sell it. Right. And then you, you might not know why. You might, you might then blame that on... The strategy, whatever strategy you used, right. there's a lot of strategies because it's easier to blame it on the strategy than yeah. it is. You can blame to it on the strategy. You can blame it on sucks. Facebook. <laughs> I mean, so it's true. Facebook like, so screwed me. So that's going to be my there's the product, but then there's the ad. So there's the ad creative, which is another huge barrel. Your product can be great, but if you're ad creative, let's say now this mm -hmm. now we're bringing in photographers. This is why photographers get hired. I want a good ad thumbnail to sell, you know, whatever your you widget know, uh, widget yeah. online. If that product photography is fucking great and it gets people's attention to stop scrolling yeah. and then click on, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. Then you get put into an audience list of this person clicked on it because they want to learn more. So the ad creative stops the scroll. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ad copy that drives your action and like what you, what's the, what am I taking action here? Yeah. Am I going somewhere or do I just want to like uh, learn from this person and then laugh and then right. remember about that later? 
And then so at this just, point, you give up so, photography it, it, because yeah. you're a marketing so expert and you can make more money. Exactly. Like, <laughs> well, that's why. It's, I mean, there's so many marketing agencies. I've, there's so many young people out there that are starting their own agencies because it is so. Because the traditional market and marketing agency we've all seen is basically dried up. I mean, I know yeah. in my town, I've watched one after another shut down. Mm-hmm. But you're right; yeah. they're being replaced by kids who understand Instagram and Facebook yeah. and are just like. I might be 12, but yeah. I understand how this works. And I'm like, great, yeah. I'm old. I yeah. don't take like, my money. The old ad agencies, like you <laughs> yeah. hired people to then go out and buy you an ad through a television right. or a whatever magazine. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, what are my results here? When it's like mm-hmm. they had another know. fucking department of people trying to get out there and get those results on like what worked and That's uh, why it cost you know, so focus groups on, all right, what did you guys think of this ad? And and literally, how did you feel about that? And that's 12 people in a room. How about like you can have 12,000 or 12 million results from your ad in the back end of Facebook and have all these data points and be like, shit, no, the, like it was just me that got these yeah. results. And I had yeah. this whole team of people. Gary's convinced me to never touch social media again. <laughs> I literally it's got a, blessing a, and a curse. I got a voicemail oh, no. today from a local country club wanting me to add like do an ad in their uh, in their scorecards. <laughs> like Dude. I still get those calls. Talk about a targeted market. Yeah. Talk about knowing your demographic. But also... Dude, those guys are going to be looking at those cards all day long. Yeah. In the golf cart. <laughs> having good feelings. Ordering yeah. a gin and tonic. I don't know about you. I don't really have that many good feelings when I play golf. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why not? Uh, I like... I mean, basically, I, I view golf like children. Right? Like, they basically <laughs> suck most of the time. But then every once in a while, they'll say, like, I love you, Daddy. And you're like, oh, it's an, so worth it. There's like, an incredible that's basically, moment. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, that one moment you hit the perfect ball down the fairway. <laughs> and it's and always, like, it's back. always, like, Father the rest of the time, I'm so just swinging and missing It's all always, all like, time. let's yeah. birdie the 18th hole to get you to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Triple <laughs> bogeys every other one. But. Fatherhood <laughs> is really about minimizing losses, you know? It's just like, shit. So it was, wasn't as bad as yesterday. How can right. we get out so of here? So it was golf. Yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, that's your point earlier is people are coming at this going, I'm just starting out. I'm just starting for square one. I'm trying to figure out if this kind of thing is for me. Marketing yeah. in this way is for me right now. I've determined my market. I've determined my, my customer. Is this for me? I don't know if I can do any of this stuff. And can we continue to do it in the old way? Because in the days of ad agencies, none of us were going to, you know, uh, any of the big ad firms to buy ads. Right. Those were for people at completely Ballers. different scales. In Instagram and all these other things have given us access to the feeling that we can have our stuff advertised. We can get our stuff yeah. out there. And so, should we continue to use these platforms in just the old ways of being? you know, just ourselves, posting the shit we love that we make on them still, and maybe down the road when we get to that scale, we're gonna use them in the ways you're talking about. Sure, I mean, look at uh, Bloomberg right now. He is buying your attention online, and he has the money, he has an infinite amount of money compared to the other candidates. And not to get political, let's just use this as a case study. He has spent more money than every other Mm -hmm. uh, Democratic or even Republican Combined, you're going to talk like, about the quality like of content. Right? So he is buying. Well, qual- like so his ad quantity itself, of content really. So sorry. So he's buying ads that are based off of. I just want to get people to watch as much of this vi- video as possible. Mm-hmm. 
there's those ads. There might be an ad out there that's like, all right, you know, go to my website and sign up, sign this petition, or mm -hmm. go here and register to vote. There's those ads. Those are, you know, you buy those differently and you're charged by Facebook differently. The cheapest ones are just video views. I just want to get people to watch this video. Yeah. I want to I want to battle for their attention. So I can't even imagine the structure and the bidding, like the amount of people on his ad account, because it's actually hard to spend that amount of money. You can set mm -hmm. budgets all day long, and if you don't have the correct audience out there and the correct people engaging with your ad, then Facebook can't actually spend that amount of money. The fact that he's spending that or amount or of million, I think millions of dollars a day at this uh -huh. point is crazy. So he, I mean, he's only, his target market is, for, I would assume, is only the United States because those are the voters. Right. There might be some other strategy to like get Canadians to also, you know. Oh, there's probably all Bloomberg. sorts of strategies based Who on knows? whether you're a moderate or yeah. you're a Trump hater or you're a whatever. Like, I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff based well, on what you've clicked and followed. It just goes back to finding your audience and like what you were saying yeah, before. Yeah. It's like knowing your demographic and just like, and just honing in on that completely. Yep. Know your audience and, and then, then if you have the budget by, to do it, like you, yeah. then that all goes back. Do I have the budget to do it? What is my, what is my profit margin on whatever yeah. I'm selling? So that's really well, what it is. So in the end, when we're talking to those people who are entry level, is it like, hey guys, don't let this bum you out because it's not that you're using these social platforms wrong. It's not that you should stop posting because all is lost, right? It's not like yeah. useless. We're continue to use Instagram. Don't feel like you need to jump into marketing in the ways you're saying right now. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say don't get bummed out, but be realistic in that it might take you a, a good year to like really understand and start seeing some s consistent and solid success. Okay. Um, and it all depends on like, you know, Your David strategy. says this all the time, like, what is the amount of time you're investing into learning? And when you're learning, how invested are you and how focused are you on and what's your intent to learn Got it. and to practice? Because right now, and I'm even guilty of this, I will consume and buy a lot of educational content. Sometimes I don't even watch it. Right. Yeah. I, I happens buy it all the time. Because maybe it was a good, it was deal. A good deal. Maybe it was And I'm going to get to it. Yeah. And I'll get to right. it. But maybe I never do get to it. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, that's the shitty part. So if it's the same thing with anything. If you're yeah. consistent... Right. With learning it and applying it, testing it. And you can sit Got there and like obsess about it and like just be like, you know what, I'm gonna make Facebook my bitch here. Yeah, yeah. And like learn it and like you're gonna you're gonna fail a lot. But if you right. just you know, there's that cheesy saying of you can fall seven times and pick yourself up twice. Is that how it goes? I think it's pretty much you <laughs> fall seven and you get up eight or something. I don't know. I don't know. Either I, way, I'm not, good at, no, yeah. not yeah. good at math. You, you can tell I keep getting that back to that point of like people. Well, feel and, like this and is I crazy. think that's, that's the thing. I mean, if, if you are under the illusion that you're going to just post on Facebook or Instagram your work yeah. and that's going to convert automatically into business, yeah. you're delusional. Like but also, if you're posting on, if you're posting because I like the likes right. and that builds into something like Jeff has created, uh -huh. like, I mean, I would still challenge, I, I haven't seen his analytics, but I'm pretty good at judging people's audiences at this yeah. point, being, doing what I do. Yeah. A majority of his audience is photographers. I know that because I analyze accounts like that all the time. Um, it has come from people wanting to learn Yeah. and now it is primed for you truthfully to to flip that into making money off of it but right. it all goes down to what are you doing and like you even told us 
at the beginning. It wasn't for you about making money. It wasn't turning it into money. It was about remembering your own process so that you could repeat it. And now it is probably changed into something new, like that process capturing attracted an audience. And now just like any other audience you've built, you know, you can decide what to do with it. Right. So, so you will, so anybody can, regardless of scale, can open that Facebook business. What was the term you used? The business page? Business manager. Business manager. Anybody can use that to just start poking around getting comfortable. Um, to some degree. So like yeah. on Instagram, <laughs> I like to poke I around and get comfortable. I, like, no, you're absolutely yeah. wrong. And <laughs> no, this is, nobody can do that. All right. We got to wrap this up. Yeah, somewhere. but. Sure. Uh, for Instagram, you have to have more than 10,000 likes in order to link that to your business manager page. So there's a little bit of a... No, that's great info. Oh, shit. Like, maybe I'm not ready to actually start boosting through uh, Instagram yeah. or, like, being strategic because they, they do kind of have a minimum requirement of, all right, we don't yeah. want... And this is, I think, in many ways, this is for accounts that pop up, like, pop up and might want to be selling something, like, fraudulent mm -hmm. or, or false. Like, so yeah, it's like this, like... Minimum like barrier to entry, yeah. like ten thousand followers. But on Facebook, it's anyone. So you can create a page, uh, then you can start selling products on oh, Facebook. Got it. With Instagram, it's a little bit different. You have to have at least ten thousand followers. But I would say for the most part, you know, depending on yeah. what you're selling, yeah. just like understanding what's your profit margin, yeah. who's your audience. I mean, that's just marketing basics one hundred and one. And then from there, you build a strategy. Um, and right now, it's far less cheaper than trying to spend a lot of money to get people to sign up for whatever on your website to then get their email address. I think the two go hand in hand and you okay. shouldn't put all your eggs into one basket. You should definitely diversify, you know, yeah. your, your efforts, but that's good info yeah. for the most part. I think, uh, this was maybe one of the longest podcasts before. ever, I, man. We got deep. We yeah. went way down. Yeah, we went, hole. yeah, we went all different directions too. Oh, man. So Jeff, where can we, where can we see more of you at? Where, where are you hanging at? Let me scoot closer here. Yeah. On the social level. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ready Light Media okay. or nextlevelworkshops.com. And that's, what about on the web? Oh, well, that's the web right there. Right. Next so, level like, workshop. you don't like Ready Light Media? I do, but that's like my, if you're like if you're listening looking, to this podcast, you're probably a photographer, I would guess. And that's just like, I'm, I'm capturing my okay. my other clients that way. Awesome. But yeah, you can go to readylightmedia.com. It's, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. it's all right. What a sales pitch. Uh, 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 moment of there. honesty. <laughs> Go there and buy my crap. It's all right. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Join us next time for more interesting discussion about the wonderful world of photography and her dark magical secrets. I'm fascinated with Instagram. It's such a simple construct. Just take a picture and post it on the internet. The other day, I took a picture of my neighbor's pet rabbit. He told me not to post it, but, you know, I did anyway. Wow, 